witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Well, hey, Felicia. Hey, Holly. How you doing, girl? I'm all right. I'm... uh, Life is, uh, you know what, uh, year end is done at work and uh, life is always better when that's done. So <laughs> <laughs> in the world of accounting, when year end is done, everything is better. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. So um, I feel like a human yeah. again. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's great, actually. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I mean, one one thing off the list, you know, 15 more to go. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. We're fine. Everything's fine. There's nothing wrong here. Honestly, like, it's such a crazy difference. Like, it does make such a difference when, like, you know, work is... I don't want to use the word manageable because everything is manageable, obviously, because I didn't fall apart. But it's so much easier when, like, the stress goes from a level 10 to a level 2. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, at least... Okay, talk about accounting for five seconds here. But every other month, like, if something doesn't get done by the end of the month, you're like, we have next month to make adjustments. Yeah, exactly. I can make an adjusting entry next month. Everything's fine. It's really not that big of a deal. Year end is not that. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, is that like you work with all of these other departments and their year end is done October 31st. So November 1st, we're like, whoo, that was a big year end. Everybody pat on the back, claps, all done. Right. And what people don't understand is like you guys just stopped entering data. Now my job begins where for the next uh. three weeks, I have to make use of this data. Mm-hmm. right so people don't understand like accountants work their asses off up until october 31st with them and then we fucking work our asses off even more for the next three weeks to put all of that data into meaningful you know financial results yeah exactly yeah. right so when people are like oh is it all done for you you're like no you just stopped entering shit <laughs> yesterday <laughs> you stopped putting shit into the system yesterday no it's not done now i have to do stuff with it <laughs> yeah so I think I think oh, it's that shit. right where you know it's the oh aren't you so glad it's done and you're like for you <laughs> your end is done in November for me <laughs> like yeah so now that like everything's back to normal and it's just like the normal stresses of like oh month end and yeah you know and like I I work in an industry that slows down a lot near Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is coming. So it's like year end. It's like the most stressful it gets. And then December is like dead. It's yeah. Fucking dead. You can finally relax. Yeah. It is fucking dead. Everyone's on vacation. Everybody's gone. There's a lot of time off. The office is fucking dead. You go from getting like 200 emails a day to like 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, man. It gives you a month to breathe before things like slowly start building up again for the rest of the year. <laughs> like That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's nice that way. So it just and everything just feels more manageable. The house feels more manageable. Relationships feel more manageable. Podcasts feel more manageable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hopefully we can start like posting on Instagram and TikTok again soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're so terrible. But you know what, Holly? We have the most wonderful, I don't know what, what fan base, if you want to call it. Listeners. We, we listeners. Have the most amazing genuine understanding compassionate yeah like yeah fabulous people yeah you guys all are the most wonderful people for understanding that like life happens and that we do this 
as like our passion project and what we love to do and if we could spend 12 hours a day every day all the time to do this and it like you know if the bills were paid for by the love of our listeners we'd be the wealthiest people in the world i'll say it that way yeah Yeah, i love that (laughs) yeah but unfortunately we both still have to work a fucking nine to five (laughs) and sometimes that gets chaotic so i wish i wish my schedule was nine to five (laughs) (laughs) same (laughs) same (laughs) yeah there were some days there that i literally worked 6 a.m to 8 (laughs) p.m and then i had to come home and study for school and like write a fucking paper (laughs) no more accounting i'm gonna die no more numbers (laughs) Can't relate. I'm I'm paying to do this to myself. Can't relate. Sorry. (laughs) Shift work is a whole different breed, my friend. It really is, though. Yeah, you got you got struggles of your own. So yeah, dude. (laughs) I love it. It's great. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say our last the last time we posted on Instagram was for um episode ninety (laughs) four. What are we on now? Ninety eight. There you go. Sorry, everybody. And the time before that was episode 91. So we missed a couple in between too. <laughs> That's so funny. That's okay. I yeah. think I think our TikTok's even worse. Yeah, I know. And you know what? It's so sad because... 85! <laughs> our TikTok was doing really well for a while there until we stopped yeah. managing it. Yeah, episode 85 was the last episode I made a teaser for. Yeah. Oops. We'll get back to Oops. it. We'll get back to it. Life is calming down again. Things are feeling a little bit more normal. Priorities maybe will be shifting soon. We'll see. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I am T minus, if all goes well, I am T minus six months away from being done school forever. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Do you know how, like, I can finally, it's taken me 20 years, but I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I've been in school for since I was four and I'm 29. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so if all goes well, I'll finish before my 30th birthday and uh, 25 <laughs> years of education is enough for me. <laughs> you know what they say? For now. <laughs> uh, a life well lived is a life that you never stop learning in. True. And uh, that's what this podcast is all about. So you don't need to pay for school anymore. There you that- go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Even better. I wish I figured this out years ago, Holly. <laughs> we learn here for free. <laughs> Amazing. Well, speak- is it useful knowledge? Maybe not, but to me it is. <laughs> so, speaking of learning, Holly, what is it that you're going to teach us today? Well, let's do a quick recap of the last episode, perfect, um, so that we can reincarnate this topic for another week. <laughs> You fucker. <laughs> Amazing. We could give it new life almost, you know? <laughs> Revival of the fittest, if you will. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. That might be the fucking episode t- name. That might yes! be the title. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so last fortnight, we discussed the cyclical nature of the world. And the idea that if nature was inherently cyclical, why couldn't our lives be as well? Yeah. As such, we covered reincarnation or metempsychosis, which is the belief that once the body dies, the soul continues onto another vessel, be it either a newborn family member, uh, an animal, an insect, or any other being. Yep. 
depending on your culture and beliefs. Right? Yeah, makes sense. And speaking of culture and beliefs, we touched on the various cultures and religions that believe in reincarnation, including Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. But the focus of our episode was and continues to be the reincarnation beliefs of the various indigenous nations of North America. Yeah. So the nations that we have covered thus far include the Arctic nations of the Inui, the Tlingit, and the Haida, and the Gitsan people of coastal British Columbia. And along with that, we covered some case studies of actual reincarnations from those nations. Amazing. Those were, that has to be probably my favorite part of the last episode. Those were so cool. So those cases included the stories of Charles Porter, Corliss Chotkin Jr., Jimmy Svensson, Norman Despers, William George Jr., Wilfred Mears, and Rhonda Mead. Yeah, very so. cool. Who I can't remember the name of the the individual we were talking about, but the one where he was like the reincarnate of his grandfather. That was William George Jr. He, that one yeah. was so good. That yeah. one was so good. Yeah. Just like this the, episode. The uncanny, the, it can't be fucking coincidence. That that yeah. story, like all of the other stories were very, very good. But that yeah. one in my mind was the one that I was like, how can you think this is not real? My favorite part of, about it was, was like, this is where my smokehouse was. And also I was blind. Yes! <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I was like, that is not coincidence, people. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. It was, that was a great the one. darndest things. Yeah. <laughs> But so this episode, we're going to continue that thread um, and we'll start with the Dene Da First Nations of Northern Alberta, whose name translates to just ordinary people. And they also have specific views on reincarnation. So living in communities around the Bush River, Meander River and the community of Chatta. Chatta? I've never heard of that before. No, me neither. From my own province. Um. They believe that the soul has dual elements. Mm, Interesting. While part of the soul resides in the afterlife, the other reincarnates into this world as a human. And in this way, the Dene share similar views with the Tlingit and the Haida. Yeah. Furthermore, they refer to reincarnated people as those made again. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. So a Dene Da boy named Paul recalled having been a girl named Denise. Okay. Denise fell ill and was taken to hospital where she had died. A year later, the spirit of Paul's mother's deceased sister Rose. That is a line. Um, (laughs) uh, So Paul's mother's deceased sister Rose helped to guide her to Paul's mother, who was then in labor in the same hospital. Okay. Paul's mother saw roses and Denise's apparitions enter her hospital room. Fucking crazy. Denise. I don't think I could handle being mid labor watching my apparitions come into. No, 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 no. <laughs> this sounds no. this. I'm not superstitious, but this sounds a little stitious. Um, <laughs> Denise. <laughs> a little stitious. This sounds a little stitious. So Paul's mother saw Rose and Denise enter her hospital room. Okay. So Rose is Paul's mom. Paul's mom's sister who is dead. Okay. Past auntie. Got it. Yes. And Denise is some person who followed Rose in by the sounds of it. 
because Denise grabbed Rose from behind. Nope. And Paul's mom fell unconscious. All right. Nope. That's where I'm out. (laughs) Not cool. Not fucking cool. (laughs) Leave this poor lady alone. She's trying to have a baby. I feel like it was supposed to be Rose. I feel like it might have supposed to have been Rose. Yeah, I think so. I feel like somebody took oof. a reincarnation that wasn't theirs. Oof. Oof. Big oof. Um, Paul, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you never Just know. Just in case you are. Just in case. Um, That's crazy. That is wild. So that is crazy. Paul's identification with Denise was confirmed by a birthmark on his abdomen, which had matched one Denise had had in the same place. As he grew up, Paul experienced strong gender identity conflicts. He enjoyed dressing and styling his hair as a girl and using makeup. In the Dene Da culture, those born in bodies of the opposite sex are expected to mature into their biological sex. And although this was delayed in Paul's case, eventually his peers succeeded in giving him a heterosexual initiation. Ew. I don't like that whole phrase. And beginning his socialization as a male. Well, you know what? I feel like as long as Paul was consenting and willing and wanted it for themselves, cool. If not, icky. Icky, yeah. Icky. (laughs) That story did not make me feel good. Some of the other stories gave me some pretty good, warm, feel good moments. Yeah. That one was the opposite. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, the Algonquin tribes from New England. I, there's nothing Moving else on. to do but move on from that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like the end yeah. of that story. <laughs> um, the Algonquin tribes from New England view reincarnation as just one aspect of the afterlife. In other words, they believe in multiple souls, or that a soul can exist in multiple places simultaneously. Mm. For example, the Narragansett people of Rhode Island. Say a person can have multiple souls from two or five. Do so you get two or five? Like, that's all you need. Do, do you get three or four? Or is it just two or five? I meant to say two to five. Oh, I thought you said two or five. I was like, well, that's, uh, you know. <laughs> there you go. No thruples, no quads. <laughs> yeah, no. Two or five. Uh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> traditionally... For the Algonquins, when a nation member died, the other members would perform a Feast of the Dead ceremony. This occasion marked the setting of one soul free and onto its journey to reincarnate. The second soul would travel onward to a village of the dead where life would largely resemble the recent version in human form. Trying to think about how that would work. Can you say that last sentence one more time? Yeah. Traditionally, for the Algonquins, when a nation member died, the other members would perform a Feast of the Dead ceremony. This occasion marked the setting of one soul free and onto its journey to reincarnate. And the Mm. second soul would travel onward to a village of the dead where life would largely resemble the recent version in human form. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay, sorry. I think I totally misunderstood the first time you said it. And I was like, what? Yeah, no, because the uh, Algonquin people believe that there's multiple souls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And one goes to one spot and one goes to the other. Or that a soul can exist in multiple places at the same time. At once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's soulception. Soulception. Did I tell you I went to a funeral for a First Nations person once? No. And they had a meal with him. 
That's amazing. It was really, really interesting to be part of that. It was really cool. That is, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I think it's really cool to just be able to like, when um, communities that you don't belong to, like open the doors and allow you in to things that are as like, so personal such as yeah and so important yeah. right so i think it's really cool anytime that i i get to be uh accepted into anybody's community yeah like that you know and oh yeah get glimpses into what it would what it's like yeah, yeah. love it that's really cool i bet that was a really cool experience it was it was really yeah. i mean it was heartbreaking of course it's of a course funeral, of course of course of course essentially but I mean, it's the same thing right it was a death feast it's one final feast before their spirit moves on that's really sweet. Yeah, right? I think, like I I think it's really be- like I think in uh westernized English per se cultures. White man. The white man. <laughs> uh I think that death is just this like really strange thing. Like I like I really do hate our funerals. I think well, that our funerals like don't honor us in any way. I think that they like are fear mongering. Like I don't know if you've been to a very religious. Let me. Uh, can I read? Yeah, my yeah, hand? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Here's the talking stick. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Do you know why our our uh, traditionally um, came from Europe background funerals always are very disappointing and they're always very like almost shameful in a regard. Like mm. it's because it stems all the way back to ye old black black plague. Okay. Where there was no um, proper burial. There was no memorials. There was nothing. There was a guy going through town with a cart of dead people to yeah, dump it yeah, into Yeah, I know what thing, you're saying. Right? Yeah, because yeah. what they did, the Black Plague was still infectious after death. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they yeah. had to get rid of those bodies quickly and they had to do it in a way that was completely... Uh, dehumanizing and unjustified and awful because that was their only choice. Otherwise, they would also die. Yeah. And so I think it was very much a way to cope with that where that almost has continued onward as like almost a tradition. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's... I mean, I could, I can see that. Yeah. I just think there's also a lot in terms of um, the Christian religion that is not celebratory about death yeah. at all. Whereas like I've seen a lot of like funerals from other cultures where, yep. you know, they very much respect their dead and they very much do what they can in this physical realm to ensure that the spirit of those who have passed are moving to a better place. And I just I think it's so interesting and it's so wonderful and it's such a beautiful concept of, you know, doing something and celebrating in a way. Whereas I find that, um, you know, predominantly Christian funerals are just very like fucking sad like not even just sad but they're just like you know everybody's it's not a celebration of their life it's not a celebration at all yeah like and at like, all what a few and i don't mean celebration of be... like ding dong which no, is dead. but like, <laughs> like a celebration of their life celebrating their yeah. achievements celebrating who they were as a person yeah right whereas instead of celebrating who this person was and what they were to you and how they changed your life you're mourning the loss of them in your life and yeah. And it's two I just very feel like different concepts, I find. It is. I find it's very self-centered. Yes. Yeah, because it's rather not, than it's not about them, it's about you. Yeah, it's about you, and it's about you being sad because they're no longer there for you. And yeah. and it's it is sad and it does suck. And there's no getting around that, but at the same time, we don't need to focus the last chapter in their book on yeah. you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Agreed. 
Um, well, and then, you know, you have like Catholic ceremonies where they won't even have a funeral if someone had successfully completed suicide or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, there's rules. There's rules to that, too, where like, yeah, yeah if they're going to hell, then they can't even have a funeral. And it's mm. like, uh, get nah, fucked. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then, you you know, you see the catacombs of France and you have just yeah. bones on top of bones on top of bones. There's not... It's not a sacred space. It's not, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, there's nothing, Agreed. there's nothing sacred about it. There's nothing celebrated about it. There's nothing, um, honorable, on, like honoring even of honoring. the dead. Honoring. Yeah. 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 There's no respect of I the mean. dead. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Whereas a lot of many other cultures have that very profound dignity, respect and, yeah. and just love beauty almost for yeah. their, for their dead. So yeah, it's, it's different places, different Ge- ge- like geographically different as well right yeah fair fair so, enough i don't know yeah. sorry that went off on a tangent <laughs> us off on a tangent <laughs> never oh man okay where am i yeah feast of the dead yes but we talked about that doop 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 uh the wyandotte people also called the wendat or huron i'm sure you've heard of the huron oh for sure are an Iroquoian speaking tribe who hail from the north shore of Lake Ontario. So they believe that it's especially important for the souls of young children who die to be given the chance to be reborn. Thus, they do their best to assist in the child's soul's reincarnation by carefully selecting a burial location. So we're going back to honoring our deceased. And yeah, for example, traditionally, the tribe would bury the baby along a well-trodden pathway. Doing so would increase the chances that the baby's soul would enter a passing woman's womb and be born again. That's really nice. See, that's yeah. a feel-good story. Like, I mean, not the baby passing. Yeah, but like, you know, it, when the, and also at the same time, when they are, you know, close to a well-trodden path, they are harder to forget about. Agreed. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like... Yep. Uh, and then hailing from the Great Plains, which are flanked by the Mississippi Re- River in the east, the Rocky Mountains in the west, uh, Canada to the north and Mexico to the south, the Plains nations include the Arapaho, Comanche, Crow, Sioux, and others. For these nations, ideas about reincarnation are tied to the idea of soul completion. Specifically, oh. if a person meets an untimely death, or they stray too far from their destined life path, their yeah. soul cannot complete its journey on earth. Thus, the soul must reincarnate until the journey is successfully completed. I like the idea of that. I like that too. Yeah. The Sioux people of the Dakotas, like other indigenous cultures around the world, are animists in that they believe everything that is part of the natural world is infused with spirit, very much like the Inui. Yeah. Um. This includes humans, animals, plants, mineral, and even weather elements. They view the natural and supernatural worlds as intrinsically linked. Thus, the natural world is full of reincarnated spirits in the form of animals, rocks, plants, and people. Um, The southwestern nations of Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, and Utah all generally believe in the idea of reincarnation. However, there are some differences among each of the nation's beliefs of course and then the zuni and mojave for example believe that spirits reincarnate four times with each reincarnation becoming more complex or powerful 
Oh, what an interesting concept. Specifically. Like they, magnified. Yeah. Almost. So they believe a soul begins as an insect and then reincarnates into different animals. Got and it. Then yeah, yeah. Lastly, the soul reincarnates as a human. Okay. That makes sense. Like gradually making its way up the. Up the food chain. Basically. Food chain. Yeah. Uh, the Hopi are also firm believers of reincarnation. In fact, their belief system carries an uncanny resemblance to Eastern religions, including Hinduism and Buddhism. Hmm. Well, I mean, we've talked about it so many times on the podcast that like the world is so it's, interconnected in ways that we don't even understand. It's all connected. It's all connected, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it is interesting to see like when you can see like evidence of one yeah. nation and another and another and another, right? Mm. Yeah, like that the, that built that blend. Well, and for example, the Hopi have a concept like karma where actions in this life are ha- going to have consequences that will be felt in your subsequent lifetimes. Yeah. Well, I, I you know what, honestly, like I think if you take a step back and look at <laughs> most religions, That's I think all. there's like this element of karmaic you know but wait whatever it gets yeah. better okay because they also believe the body has energy centers like chakras yeah see exactly oh, that's so cool so cool and like the inui the apache of arizona oklahoma texas and new mexico put a strong emphasis on proper burial they believe this is essential to help the soul be free so it can peacefully continue onto the afterlife oh the Apache call the afterlife the land of ever summer. Oh, I love that. I love that too. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. Same. All right. Next, we have the human people of the lower Colorado River Valley, and they have specific beliefs about reincarnation, of course. Yep. So as we mentioned last episode, in their beliefs, twins and deformed or disabled people come to Earth as visitors. Yes, I remember. So- yep. Yep. Yeah, we kind of touched on it at the beginning of last episode where we were kind of covering like... They're only here temporarily. A wide array of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more in the uh, like the introduction of everything when we were yeah. talking about all of the different cultures and their beliefs. Exactly. Yep. Examples of everything. Yep. Um, so these visitors are viewed as visiting from a village of the dead. Oh, interesting. Okay. After they die... They don't continue on to the greater land of the dead, but return to their own village. And then they are given the opportunity to be born again into a new body. Interesting. Okay. And maybe you know this, and maybe this is something that we will have to do more research on after the episode. But do you know Mm -hmm. why they would come as, like, say, disabled? Like, is there a purpose for their, like, temporary being here? It, It doesn't give one, but it kind of, I feel like it touches on, um... The beliefs that we just kind of covered here with the, um, where was it? The Sioux people Mm -hmm. where they talk about, no, was it the Sioux people? Where is it? Oh, there's a village. Oh, the Algonquins. Okay. The Algonquins, uh, when, when a nation member died, the other members would perform a feast of the dead ceremony. Okay. And this occasion marked the setting of one soul free and onto its journey to reincarnate. And the second soul would travel onward to the village of the dead where life would largely resemble the recent version of human form. Okay, so kind of probably so, something similar to that then. Yeah. Okay. I think something like that. Yeah. Um so with the with the human people, they're seeing twins and deformed or disabled people as you know what I'm viewing it as? 
maybe they're seeing these people as like they they have a shorter life on earth so they're not actually fulfilling their life's purpose they're not doing their soul's purpose so then they go back to the The where their soul originated the village and then they get to do it again kind no, of thing. I, that makes sense yeah or they get I, the choice to do it again maybe right I, that would make sense because i think a lot of what we talked about in the last episode like i think the common thread through all of these different cultures and all of these different beliefs is the idea that the soul has this like innate purpose or yes, that there is yeah. something that needs to be accomplished by the exactly. soul in order for it to move on to, like you said, the greater land of the dead or like that final resting place, right? Or, exactly. Yeah. Or so the great bonfire. The great bonfire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I think what you said makes sense where it's, yeah, they, because of their physical body not being capable of holding their soul long enough. Yeah. That they get yeah. the opportunity to redo it in a, in a physical form that will allow them to reach their purpose. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to, we'll have to do, I'll have to try and, do a little bit more reading on it to see yeah. if there is like something obviously from somebody a part of the culture <laughs> rather than right? just me guessing about it but yeah <laughs> this is all just our best guess here yeah. honestly <laughs> yeah i'll have to do a little bit a little bit more reading to see if there's a a, a reasoning yeah yeah I'd be, I'd be interested to know too i'll let you know <laughs> and when it comes to the idea of whether animals can reincarnate into humans or humans into animals Some communities have very specific viewpoints. As mentioned before, the Zuni and the Mojave view insect to animal to human reincarnation as the natural evolution of the soul, right? So start small, get bigger. Yep. But some nations believe that humans can reincarnate into animals versus the other way around. So like... Rather than working your way up, you can just kind of zigzag through the pattern. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay. However, they often view this order of reincarnation as a punishment for being for living a corrupt life or being a bad person i think that's a common thread in a lot of cultures that believe in reincarnation exactly Mm -hmm. i believe so too um for example the uruk people of northern california believe that the souls of bad people are reincarnated into prey animals such (laughs) as rabbits birds and squirrels yeah but so you can be preyed upon right exactly so they can live their life Afraid. In fear, basically. Like, yeah. that, like really. Mm-hmm. Um, but alternatively, the Wintuns, another Northern California nation, so they're just separate, mm-hmm. uh, they see things a little bit differently. They believe the souls of evildoers would reincarnate into grizzly bears. Oh. Because they see the grizzly as an ill-tempered and dangerous animal. Fair. They're not wrong. <laughs> In fact... It's often um, said that they forego grizzly bear meat for fear that they'll absorb some of the perceived negativity of the grizzly's soul. Oh, interesting. Very much like you are what you eat kind of mentality. Buddy, I love that. I mean, as a vegetarian who went fully vegetarian for, you know, socio uh, social sociological reasons yeah and environmental yeah. reasons i totally agree <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but nevertheless the wintons still view the act of reincarnation as the soul's opportunity to evolve to something greater that's cool you know what i will say this just learning about reincarnation reincarnation is something i've always been very interested in yeah something that i like wholeheartedly believe in especially in my adult life and in finding my way through maybe finding my way out out of religion and into spirituality (laughs) yeah um is that i think there is such a wonderful lesson to be taught with reincarnation whereas like okay 
let me get biblical here for a second, right? When we're talking <laughs> about, you know, the Christian ideology of like, be a good person or you're going to rot in hell for eternity. That's yeah. scary. That's that fucking scary. scary. And that is like, that is a religious figurehead ruling through fear. Yep. Do you know what yep. I mean? Whereas I think reincarnation very much gives you the same message of like, be a good person or shitty things are going to happen. But it's, I liked, it's not fear based, right? Like it's. I like to look at it as uh, through the lens of like training a dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like through the lens of dog training, we see positive reinforcement overall being way more successful yeah. than than negative punishment. Yes. Absolutely. In, any it, like in almost any all animal behavior animal behavior yeah training even, examples even right? human so. training examples parenting examples yeah Chil- exactly children learn through positive reinforcement rather than punishment exactly. and yeah. that's and i feel like i feel like that's what you know secular religion is to say you know reincarnation right the idea of like you're gonna yep. burn in hell forever or Listen, like you can live your life, but when your soul comes back, like you will reap what you sow. Yeah. Right. You're so still remember that getting the general consensus through where it's like if you're a good person, you'll have a good next life or afterlife or mm-hmm. whatever. If you're a bad person, you'll have a shitty one. But it's not hammering in the fact of like, how dare you be a bad person? You're going to rot in hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you make one mistake. You're going to rot in hell forever. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you don't. If you don't repent. A bu- or if you don't believe in me, you're yeah. going to rot in hell forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. So speaking of uh, religion, we're kind of moving away a little bit from, not not fully, but just a little bit. We're, we're going to go into um, shamanism. Oh, okay. So while it's a term used frequently in popular vernacular, both appropriately and inappropriately, mm-hmm. shamanism, by some accounts, is the world's oldest religion cool it's a practice that is said to have originated in siberia um and it's the belief that special members of a nation or community have the ability to transition seamlessly back and forth between the natural and supernatural worlds we're coming back around to reincarnation just a second that's so So cool (laughs) i didn't i call me ignorant here but i did not know shamanism was a religion it's 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 like a faction of a religious belief that oh, makes sense okay yeah yeah that right? makes sense yeah 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 interesting um so shamans and shamanism exist in cultures around the world but are seen most often in indigenous ones hmm. for instance most first nations religions have shamanistic practices yeah as do the indigenous cultures of siberia south america indonesia oceania and beyond yeah there's a lot right? there is a mm-hmm. lot needless to say shamans are the the more sensitive members of a community, right? Yep. They're able to use their gifts to move between the realms and discern vital information through their visions and metaphysical understandings. They then bring these insights to the form in the form of messages, stories, and even songs to uh, their people for wisdom, healing, and general guidance. Through their heightened sensitivity and training, they attune to the subtle energies around them and utilize these energies for the greater good of their people. Shamans also use medicinal plants such as uh, psychoactive mushrooms and other items or other plants yep. to facilitate spiritual healing and other spiritual trances. Um, thus, they are often called medicine men or medicine women. Yeah. Because shamans are in direct communication with spirits, 
or those who are in between lives. Oh, interesting. They are the basis of many indigenous philosophical ideas about the afterlife, souls, and reincarnation. Oh, I guess that makes so much sense. Right? Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah, because if they're able to seamlessly move between, you know, for lack of a better word, dimensions, right? Yeah, realms, whatever. Realms, yeah. yeah. That makes so much freaking sense, dude. They're able to communicate with the spirits that are in the in-between. Yeah. Is the key thing for me, right? Yeah. So, So they're able to communicate with the people, the souls of people that have not moved on yet yeah either moved on into a new reincarnation or moved on to a greater physical plane or spiritual plane whatever that may be yeah they're the souls that have not moved on crazy is like the key point that i'm pulling from that anyways yeah um and in fact we've got a story from the wet'suwet'en nation where a shaman was able to identify a reincarnated soul shut up so there were so let's get the story here there were no announcing dreams preceding Jeffrey's birth, nor were there birthmarks or other signs indicating who he had been in his previous life. Okay. But a medicine man or a shaman held the infant in his arms and identified him as the reincarnation of Jeffrey's m- mother's brother, Will. So Jeffrey's uncle, Will, who had died Aww. six years earlier after being kicked in the stomach and head by a horse Aww. he was harnessing. Oh, tragic. I know. An aunt caring for Jeffrey awoke one night to see the apparition of Will, her brother, sitting on the bed next to her, from which she realized that Will had returned as Jeffrey. Whoa. As a baby, Jeffrey gave no sign of remembering Will's life until he was five years old. He was taken by his grandparents to the camp where Will had died. He recognized the camp, which was a logging camp at which trees were felled and prepped to be used as railway ties. And he described how they had skidded poles out of the bush and identified the area where he and some of his friends had shot a moose. Jeffrey told his grandmother, I am not your grandson. I am your son. Come back to you. And there, thenceforth went to live with his grandparents, whom he called his parents. Aww. And as he got older, he began to dream about Will and continued to dreaming about him into adulthood. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? That is crazy. That's so cool. I I like that. I like um, that a lot. Yeah. It's so and, interesting because like, just to interrupt you, sorry. No, don't. don't I, don't I remember. And, and I think maybe because, you know, I've talked about it a million times, but my family is very Christian. So I think the idea of reincarnation has never come up in my family because of that, because it just doesn't exist within the religion. But yeah, um, I remember when I was... Oh, my sister was just born, so I was like nine, right? Maybe nine yep. years old. We had gone yep. to Ontario, where a lot of my family uh, still lives, and we were there, and it was this big family reunion, like hundreds of people. like, And you know my family. I have a very, very big family. Um, so there were like aunts and uncles and cousins and second cousins twice removed, blah, 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 that I had never met before in my whole life. And yep. I remember I was dancing around with my cousins that I did know in Ontario, And this woman walked up to me and she was like, whose child are you? Like, she was like questioning me and she was just like, she's like, you look so much like this person, right? And she's like, I can't believe it. Like, down to like the freckles on your face are in the same spots as her. Like you are. And it was my. That's crazy. It was my. So, you know, my great grandmother, Francine, I've told the story about Francine and my sister having um, some connection with my great grandmother after she had passed. 
and my great grandfather after she had he had passed. But my great grandmother, okay. her auntie, that's who this person said that I looked like. And she had been passed for yeah. years and years and years. And she was like, the freckles, like your freckles are in the same spots as her. Like your eyes are the same. And like all of these things. And it's so funny because I was thinking about this after we recorded this last episode. And I was like, what if? Do you know? Because then I saw pictures of her and literally I am the spitting image of her. Like this That's crazy the spitting image of my like great. She would be what my great, great, my great, great, great aunt, my great aunt. Like who? who sorry. who? It was my great grandmother's auntie. So my great, great aunt. Yeah. Yeah. Who wow. like on I, your mom's side or your dad's side? My dad's side. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So but I'm like the spitting fucking image of her. That's wild. Dude. Yeah. And she had died like years and years and years before I would because she yeah. died. She died really young. She died in like her 20s or something like that. Oh, like her shit. early mid 20s. Yeah. Right. So it was just interesting because she was like she, this woman like started crying because it was her. I don't know. She was related to her directly somehow. And then when she saw me, she was like, oh, my God, you look like like her. Like, I, who are you? Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you follow the genealogy down, right? Yeah. But, yeah. So I'm like, how cool would it be if, like, what if I was, like, somehow the reincarnation of, yeah. like, just even in looks-wise, right? Like, yeah. I, And I understand genealogy, blah, blah, blah. But if I showed you a picture of her, I'll see if I can find a picture of her. But if I showed you a picture of her, Holly, it's actually creepy. Like, really? I, we look identical. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Especially as children. Like, as adults, I obviously look different. But, like, yeah, as but a child, like, if you look at a picture of her at, like, 10 years old and me at 10 years old, it looks like the same kid. That's wild. But, like, 65 years apart. That's wild. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. I was thinking about that after we d- talked about that last episode. Just about, like, you know, I, I thought it was interesting about what when they said, like, my freckles were in the same spots. Because you talk so much about, like, birthmarks or, like, having yeah. markings of where the person who had passed had been, like, injured. And now there was, like, a birthmark there. And yeah. I was like, oh, I remember when they said my freckles were the exact same. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I wasn't really going to touch on this this episode. But since you brought this up, um, there's a there's a doctor who, who died in 2007. But his name was Dr. Stevenson. Okay. And he did thorough research into reincarnation specifically in past life memories and children okay right? yeah he in his 40 year career he yeah. did over 2500 cases wow of children who reported past life memories Whoa. and of those of those 2500 cases he said that 1200 of them could be objectively validated wow 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 that's cool that so, is really cool he had seven um seven like features yeah that he stated was uh evidence of it okay he, they, his these were the seven key points that he was always looking for to to kind of have an inkling if they were objectively likely right okay so the first one was the child begins to describe a past life experiences as soon as they can communicate okay they remember details of their death from a past life Wow. There is enough description provided on the family of the child's past incarnation that the past family is eventually identified. Oh, okay. And there is continuity in the personality traits, preferences, and habits across the incarnations. Makes sense. Yep. 90% of the time, the gender also remains the same. Okay. Um, Physical appearance, especially facial features, tend to be similar between past and present lives. 
And then lastly, mm. the reincarnation renews familial or social relationships. Wow, that's cool. Isn't that neat? That is really cool. Yeah. But uh, very yeah. interesting. That was Dr. Stevenson. He did, yeah, 40 years of research into reincarnation. Incredible. Fucking How cool is wild. that? Yeah. How wild. cool is that? So speaking of um, the white man, <laughs> let's have a look. <laughs> This one's for my colonizers. <laughs> like, what? Speaking of colonizers, <laughs> let's have a look at how European settlers uh, impacted First Nation beliefs about reincarnation. Ah, so, I have a feeling like this is going to get real sad real quick. <laughs> well, the scale that they affected them is almost impossible to measure. Yeah. It really is because yeah, yeah. so much damage was records. done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and records aren't. They don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's also impossible to measure how organized Christian religion impacted Christians' views about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Many Christian theologists, including students of Christian mysticism, argue that Jesus was well-versed in the idea of reincarnation and even taught it. Yeah, bro. He fucking reincarnated. Wait, that's what fucking Easter is. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm real passionate about this one. Call it well, passion of the Christ, but... <laughs> I wouldn't... I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be the one. To, I wouldn't say that he reincarnated on Easter because he came back to life. Yes, but he didn't. His soul didn't leave. Okay, it reincarnate. Fair enough for for the term reincarnate. He he, he was risen on Easter. He but re he was resurrected. Yeah. Sorry, I like did. I looked at this and I like did. <laughs> I looked at it and then I didn't put it in my notes. All good. Um, but now I want to talk about it. It's fair. <laughs> Yeah, like so in 1945, researchers discovered some early Judeo-Christian writings. Two years later, the world heard about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Which is the discovery which changed biblical history um, and revealed that the early Christians and Jews followed the teachings of Jesus, including the concept of resurrection. So yeah. fucking wild, dude. It is fucking wild. Fucking wild. It is fucking wild. And like, man, I could go on so long about this. But yeah, like I, so I, could I, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's even like but. the whole idea of it. Like, okay, let's t talk about it just really quickly. The okay. language that was spoken at the time of Jesus Christ, where he was born in Bethlehem, right? Yeah, is Aramaic, right? Yeah, Aramaic is a very difficult language. There are very few people who can still speak and transcribe Aramaic, and then yep. it's transcribed from Aramaic into all different kinds of languages typically into like i what's the language in is israel called it's not israel. hebrew is it yes thank you hebrew right so it's it's transcribed from aramaic into hebrew and then from hebrew into english right yeah. so it's it, it's the telephone game and i've always said this that like our our modern understanding of these very ancient texts are oh, so yeah. so much like the telephone game because it's been transcribed from, yeah, Aramaic into Hebrew into English, right? And probably there's more steps in between there. I but think those so, are the, yeah. I there's, think there's those even are the, more. Yeah. Those are the big ones, right? If we're well, talking about... If we want to talk about understanding things, like, let's just think... Just just think one moment about how um, Shakespeare's... Like, Shakespearean plays were written. And the oh. English that was used Old in English? Shakespearean plays. Victorian English? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That is still English. 
not the English you and I speak, my friend, <laughs> no. but it is still technically English. For sure it is. <laughs> yeah. And can be misconstrued in how many different ways, right? That's what I mean. There are literal entire university classes built around transcribing Shakespearean English. Yeah. So the <laughs> oldest texts so. provide two concepts of resurrection. Okay. So so the spiritual resurrection and bodily. So Jesus was resurrected. His body was resurrected on Easter. Whatever. Yes. But the spiritual rebirth by the Holy Spirit is also known as being born again. Yeah. Born again Christians. Weird, hey? Yeah. Um, but this could also be looked at and called a reincarnation, right? Absolutely. And according to the first important father of the early Christian, or sorry, of the early Orthodox Church, Origen, uh, the soul exists before birth. He suggested that pre-existence was found in the hebrew scriptures and the teachings of jesus yeah it's crazy i know i literally know people holly i know people who live in this city that we live in that belong to a christian church called the born again christians and they <laughs> subscribe to a a religion that doesn't believe in re in reincarnation. And I'm like, you literally call yourselves born again Christians. Do you not see the fucking irony mm -hmm. in this? <laughs> like, do you understand like the entire ideology of what it is that you believe in is yeah. about reincarnation? Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. All of it is very interesting. And there's a there's a lot. Like there is so much there is so much in um in all faiths and religions, but specifically the Christian religion that has to do with resurrection and past lives and reincarnation and the soul, like, like think about it. One of the pillars, one of the foundations of this religion is the Holy Spirit. So yeah. the the I and and the idea that your soul moves to heaven or your soul will move to hell or your soul will move to purgatory or whatever, right? Yeah. And there's a huge belief in that the soul is present and that the soul is like who you are, right? And that it moves freely. And you're telling me that you don't believe that like God may or may not put you in another physical body here? Yeah. You, you don't believe yeah. that that God, the almighty, might move your soul whenever he fucking want, whenever they want to. Yeah. He wants right? to. Yeah. He wants to. Whatever the fuck pronoun you want to use for the almighty. But you know what I mean? So it's just, it just blows me away that like, yeah, that there's so many people out there that don't, don't believe in it, but I then know. believe I that know. your soul can move freely <laughs> after it leaves your body. I'm like, what? It's so contradictory. <laughs> well, so speaking of that, um, so many like the Christian theologians that we talked about that believe that whatever, are you Jesus was well versed in the idea of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. They also argue that the organized church just dissuaded Christians from a belief system that might cause them to think they didn't need the church at all. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. So, for example, the idea that if they failed in this lifetime, they would have an opportunity to make up for it in the next, regardless of whether they went to a church or talked to a priest. Yeah. Right? So, so Christian, like Christianity was basically trying to make it where... um no, 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 you don't get a second chance. No, no, you, you do need the church. You do need to pay your tithes. You do need to yes. you know, seek out a priest and do all this because yeah. if you don't, you'll go burn in hell, right? Yeah, you so, won't be able to abolish your own sins. You won't be able to repent. You won't be able to be closer to God if you're not in the holy house. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Basically, they needed to invent terrible outcomes uh, for for the Christian followers if they didn't do what the church expected of them, essentially. So, so fun. So fun. Yeah. So the Christian beliefs influenced by European monarchs and organized religion in the New World were less focused on mysticism, which was a direct relationship with God, which is like... Spirituality. I I view like maybe old timey. Can you hear the dogs? I can. That's okay. Mike just got home. That's why they're losing their mind. That's okay. Give it a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So it's a direct relationship with God. So like, um, nope, it's gone. It was in my brain and it disappeared. So mysticism, which was more what you believe in old timey Christianity, it would be more like. So, and it's more focused on a direct relationship with the church and its rules and yes. the organization of it yes. all. Yes, right? absolutely. So, like, if you look, I know that we, we started this whole <laughs> fucking tangent on how um, Christianity affected um, indigenous communities, like, and their, their connection to um, reincarnation because of it all. But, like, the thing is, is, like, the the Christians became a business. That's what happened. The church became a business. Yeah. And then corporate greed, as it exists in every facet of history. All forms. In all forms, absolutely capitalized on religion. And the religion absolutely. went from something that was, like, it was for the people, by the people. You know what I mean? If you want to, like, t- put it in layman's terms, it was, you know, it was not what it is today. And I no. think when you have a when you have an organization that was so corrupt in its own teachings and its in its own foundations, and then you try and come in and try and pull more people into that, it's just bound to be a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. And it's got no Absolutely. room for any type of like outward thinking that would even question or change the inflow of money into that business. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happened, right? So yeah, going back to like how it impacted like indigenous communities especially here in north america like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's crazy the form of christianity that most missionaries and others exposed indigenous peoples to from the 15th century on did not teach reincarnation of course of course and as happens whenever multiple cultures merge some first nations did incorporate christian teachings into their own spiritual views still others did not right Mm -hmm. yeah for example, the Iroquois generally believed in a great spirit as well as an evil spirit. Thus, the idea of a singular almighty God and a devil was mm. not really that far off of the mark of their own beliefs, cultural views. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Conversely, the Sioux had a more mystical viewpoint, believing that all life is spiritually interconnected. Yeah. Um, thus, we can only assume that the range of Christian influence on indigenous views on reincarnation is as varied as their spiritual views to begin with. Yeah. Right? So Absolutely. Like their views are already quite distinct from each other. Yeah. So why wouldn't the influence the impacts be as well? Right? I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, the beliefs and spiritual practices of the First Nations people of North America are an intriguingly diver- are intriguingly diverse. Yet, yeah. the idea of reincarnation and honoring one's ancestors is almost ubiquitous among among them. Yes, ubiquitous. <laughs> I love that word. Okay, right? queen. 
<laughs> when we put this into context with other world religions that also believe in the soul's ability to be born again, the topic of reincarnation is one that any spiritual person should be curious about exploring. So, to finish off this episode, we're going to cover just a few more examples of reincarnation from around the world. Amazing. Cool. I'm in. You here for it? Buckled up. Ready to go. So, perhaps the best known story of childhood past life memories is that of Hanan Mansour and Suzanne Ganahem. Ganahem? Gan. How do you spell it? G H A N E M. Ganem? Yeah. Ganem? Ganem? Like Ganem, but. Ganem? Yeah. Ganem style? (laughs) Suzanne Ganem. In the mid-1930s, Hanan was born in Lebanon. In her 20s, she married a man named Farouk Monsieur. The couple had two daughters, Lila and Galera, and after their second daughter was born, Hanan developed a heart condition and was told not to have more children. Mm, Okay. She ignored this warning and gave birth to a son in 1962. Okay. In 1963, Hanan's health worsened, and at the end, oh. sorry, and at the age of 36, she went to Virginia to have heart surgery. Okay. She tried repeatedly to call her daughter Layla before she had the surgery, but was unable to communicate with her that she wanted her jewelry split evenly between her daughters if she did not survive. Okay. Yep. Hanan died from complications of her surgery, and ten days later, Suzanne Ganem was born. When Suzanne was 16 months old, she reportedly pulled the telephone off the hook and repeatedly said, Hello, Layla. Shut up. This, this seems strange to her parents as they did not know anyone named Layla. Shut up. Once she was a little older, she told her family that Layla was her daughter and that her name was not Susan. She was Hanan. By the time Susan was two, claims state that she told her current family the names of 13 of the family members from her past life family 13 wow 13. so Lucky not just number. like one or two or yeah i love 13 <laughs> <laughs> and so the ganem family was surprised by suzanne and began looking for the monster family when the two families met the monsters originally doubted suzanne as one would as you should yeah but they became less skeptical after suzanne is said to have correctly named several of hanan's family members in photographs Wow. When Suzanne was five years old, she called Farouk at least three times a day. Oh. And when she visited him, she liked to sit on his lap and rest her head against his chest. Aww. Farouk eventually agreed that Suzanne was the reincarnation of his deceased wife after she was able to tell stories that only Hanan was thought to have known. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. How heartwarming and- would that be? Like, okay, fucking love story of the century. Like, you're you pass from complications and then you come back and you're able to like find the person that I you know. love to like just to provide some kind of comfort you know what i right? mean like yeah that's so cool that's really sweet yeah all see right. it's things well, like that about death that don't freak me out right i like it it's just all the demons that freak me out <laughs> come back pretending demons. to be reincarnates but they're not <laughs> Well, let's talk about, uh, let's head over to, to, to Greece now. Uh, the Greek genius Pythagoras. We love him and his famous, theorem. <laughs> is famous for inventing lots of tricky stuff to do with triangles and philosophy. But the sage of Samos believed that in a former life, he wasn't a bofin, but a celebrated Trojan warrior by the name of Euphorbos. Oh, wow. Okay. 
The famous scribe Ovid claimed that Pythagoras once said, I recognize the shield I used to carry on my left arm recently in the temple of Juno at Argos, the city of Abbas. I did not know that. So Pythagoras thought he was a reincarnated Trojan soldier. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. that. I've, only, I've only ever studied him from a <laughs> through a mathematical lens. So right? <laughs> that's Pythagoras's really cool. life was shrouded in legend for centuries, and the Romans had a tradition that he was actually the son of Apollo. Wow. Right? How fucking cool to be like a math genius and a philosophy like father, but also the son of a god. Just like casually. I'm casually the son the of, son of the a son of the god of sun like, <laughs> son of the sun god <laughs> yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. crazy let's go over to japan now 200 okay. years ago rural japan a seven-year-old boy turned to his sister and asked her whose child were you before you were born into our family whoa the boy katsugoro then asked his sister if she knew what it was like before she was born why she said do you and he responded with of course i know crazy he then stunned his family by telling them that he died as a young boy and then, after five years, had been born again as Katsugoro. Inquiries, inquiries were made and <laughs> inquiries, inquiries turned into Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Watson? <Inqui> <laughs> inquiries. Okay. Inquiries were made and over the mountain in another farming village, there was a family who had lost a son, a five-year-old boy, to smallpox in 1810. Whoa. Katsuguro claimed that this was his past life. No fucking he, way. What? He was able to convince his local community with the detailed and accurate recollection he gave of his former family, the village, and the manner of his death. Wild. Leading Japanese intellectuals of the day lined up to quiz the boy, and he even gave a mysterious account of the five years between his death and rebirth. Shut up. There, the boy told one investigator, there was no light, there was no day and no night. It always seemed to be twilight. I felt neither cold nor hunger. Wow, that's cool. That's nice. Isn't that wild? That yeah. is nice. At least I know in my purgatory. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Since I'm not baptized. <laughs> I want to be cold or hungry. It's fine. I think it's less about your baptism and more about the fact that you don't believe in anything. So <laughs> you're fine there. I believe in things. Okay, just not, not Christian, Christian things. things. There you go. Yeah, let me rephrase that. <laughs> you said it yourself earlier in this episode. If you don't believe in me, you're going to hell. <laughs> okay. So, in the late 1970s, a retired army man from Norfolk Arthur Flowerdew, which is honestly the best, best name, name ever in my fucking life. <laughs> Flowerdew, yeah. Was watching a TV documentary on the ancient metropolis of Petra. Petra. For as long as he could remember, Arthur had had dreams and visions of living in a faraway city of stone hundreds of years ago. He hadn't known until then that it was Petra. Wow. Petrified, Flowerdew contacted the BBC. <laughs> You're a fucking animal. Honestly, that one was already built into the article. Incredible. <laughs> They're a fucking animal. Anyways, Flowerdew contacted the BBC and then later flew out to the Middle East to meet with archaeologists at the site of the famed Rose City of Antiquity. 
Cool. Flower Dew claimed that his past life in Petra came to a bloody and premature end. And on arrival at Petra, he apparently took archaeologists off to the site of the murder of his former self. Wow. He helped experts on the ground fill in holes, explaining uses for tools that were um, unexplained, right? So get the fuck out of here. That's cool. And even told them about parts of the site they'd yet to unearth. That's cool. So an expert who was with Flowerdew in Jordan is, according to one account, quoted as saying that he didn't think Flowerdew was a fraud and that many of the details Flowerdew provided about Petra were not only consistent with known facts, but also added to what was known about the old city. Crazy. That's really cool. Right? Yeah. And then we've got Dorothy Edie, who was born in London in 1904 but lived for much of her life in Egypt, where she became known as Om Seti and made many significant contributions to Egyptology. After an accident at the age of three, she began to believe that she was a reincarnated ancient Egyptian priestess and maintained this until the day she died. Buddy, how do you like, and that's the thing is like, you don't have a three-year-old that just comes out and is like, hey, so I think I'm an Egyptian (laughs) priestess. Especially not in... Uh, England, 1904. Nine, so she would have been. It would have been 1907. Yeah. So it's not like the, BB, the BBC like, wasn't running the. Yeah, the History Channel didn't have a documentary on ancient Egypt running every Saturday. You know, you're not watching the Brendan Fraser movie, <laughs> The Mummy, <laughs> 1907. Okay. Honestly. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> incredible <laughs> Brendan Fraser well <laughs> it's true um the rock okay. wasn't the scorpion king yet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so as a child she would run about amongst the Egyptian artifacts at the British Museum delighting in seeing her home and her people wow that's cool Edie later shared with others her story of her past life in 13th century BC Egypt mm. she was named oh <laughs> <laughs> she was named oh <laughs> <laughs> spell it for me are you sure yeah b-e-n-t-r-e-s-h-y-t like these don't even go together <laughs> <laughs> like these letters don't go together you know <laughs> Like Brever shit? Like what? Ben Ben Trey shit? <laughs> like, that's why I was like, oh Ben Trey shit. Hold on, let's ben, see. Ben Trey Sheet? Ben I think it's Ben Trey Sheet. Ben Trey Sheet? Okay. Yeah. She was named Ben Trey Sheet, raised in a temple, and had an affair with young King Sadie. Sadie? Falling pregnant. Well, she had an affair with young King Sadie, and then she fell pregnant. And then she was beaten by the high priest. And after that, she committed suicide to save Seti the embarrassment. Wow. That was her past life. Oh, boy. Well, hopefully the next one was better. Well, she went back Don't to worry. Egypt. So. I'll, <laughs> I'll kill myself to save us all the embarrassment of me being pregnant with your baby from an affair. Wild. Um, it's, you know, the woman's blight. Uh, apparently in history. It really is. (laughs) She once picked out a spot in Egypt and said that during her past life, it was a garden. Later, 
three ancient tree stumps were discovered there by excavations. Shut the fuck up. That's crazy. I'm visiting an Adobo's uh, Abido's temple for the first time that millennium anyway. She was reportedly able to touch a particular scene on a mural in total darkness. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So that's crazy. Then... See, and it's things like that that I'm like, you know, some of these things just make sense. And I got one more here for you. Okay. So in 1993, 40-year-old Jenny Cockell from small town of Tocaster near Northampton okay. published a book that made headlines around the world. Ooh. In the book, Jenny claimed that she had lived a past life as a housewife in Ireland in the 1930s. Okay. From childhood, Jenny had had vivid dreams and memories of this past life, but had no idea where it was or who she was. Mm-hmm. Looking over a map of Ireland one day, she was drawn to the town of Malahide near Dublin. Okay. She then visited the place for the first time and found that she knew it inside and out. And then it matched maps and drawings she'd done as a child. That's fucking crazy. Trying to find out more, a local person told her that her description of the woman and her life matched that of Mary Sutton. Mary had died aged 32 in the 1930s, and all but one of Mary's children were sent away to orphanages. Oh, sad. Jenny traced Mary's children, speaking at length with one of their surviving children, Sonny. And Jenny found, to her astonishment, that their memories of that time closely matched. Crazy. Jenny reunited Mary's children again after 60 years. And they believed that their mother was, at the very least, reaching out to them through Jenny. That's crazy. Because, like you said, with Dr. Uh, what was his name? Stevenson. Stevenson. One of his, like, requirements is that it, like, rekindles family bonds. Yeah. Crazy. Isn't that insane? Crazy. But that's uh, crazy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it, folks. We are fucking Looney Tunes, so Oh man. Aren't we? Aren't we ever? That's it, folks. Hey, do you want to join this Looney Tune circus of craziness? Um Follow us on Instagram. We're we're going to start posting again soon. Yeah. And also TikTok and also Facebook. Yeah. Um do those things. Yeah. It's what up witches. Sometimes it's what up witches podcast. Depends on what one you're looking at. <laughs> if you spell what up the W H U D D U P we're the we only will ones. be the only thing to come up. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> we failed English. Because Holly's um, brain works funny ways. I work in sounds, not in English. Yeah. Holly works in phonetics. That yeah, is it. Exactly. <laughs> I want it to be unique and it is unique. It really that's is the unique. only way to find and it. And buddy, I'm telling you this. When you first sent it to me, I was like, what? <laughs> right? And then once you actually think about it, you're like, that's exactly how you'd spell it. If you were like, phonet- what up? <laughs> like, what up? What that's up? That's <laughs> exactly how you'd spell it. Yeah. Like, like the actual spelling out of what up witches. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Just saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's fair. But what up witches is great. Yeah. The, the, the soft D's really. What up? What up? What up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But if you want to follow us, if you feel like joining in on the craziness, uh, follow us on theirs and 
as always, as promised, we're going to remind you to send us spooky stories. Yeah. <laughs> Are, do you think that you're a reincarnation of a family do member? Do you have past life memories? Do you have past life memories? Because if you do, you better fucking send them to us because that shit send is it. crazy. Ah, yeah. So fucking cool. So fucking oh, cool. Also, we have a Patreon. That's something that exists. I always world. forget that we have that. <laughs> Yo, me too. Honestly, honestly, yeah, yeah. We should do more <laughs> with that. We should. You know what? We sh- that forty-five minutes that we were talking about books earlier probably should have saved that. Put it on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do you have stories? You should send them to us. But in the meantime, stay spooky. Bye.